0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Minty's Room. I'm your host Mariam, and on today's episode, we are continuing the theme of Ramadan and continuing to talk about Islamic topics and concepts. This topic was on my mind when I first started my podcast. It's one of the initial ideas I wrote down, um, and then last week, after the episode. I asked a couple of friends what they thought I should talk about and quite a couple of people said I should talk about this. So I was like, okay, we're at the end of Ramadan and I wanted to continue with doing Islamic episodes. So I think this is a interesting way to tie everything up. I am questioning my own choices, but we're going to go through with it anyway because I've done all the research and I have my notes here and we're just going to do it. We're going to go for it. Just before I get started, I'd like to clarify that this is going to be a debate It's going to be a discussion. It's not me throwing an opinion at you. It's not me telling you what to believe and what not to believe. At the end of the day, it's up to you to make your own decisions. I'm just here to have the discussion and that's it. Okay, to begin, let's start off by talking about why this is even a discussion in the first place. Why do people talk about interest? What is the big deal? Let's just quickly delve into it. So it is widely known and widely accepted that in the Quran, It clearly states that interest is haram. To quote a few ayahs from Surah Baqarah, Ayah 275, Allah says, Those who consume interest cannot stand on the day of resurrection, except as one stands who is being beaten by shaitan into insanity. That is because they say trade is just like interest, but Allah has permitted trade and has forbidden interest. Whoever returns to dealing with interest, those are the companions of the fire. They will abide therein eternally. And then Ayahs 278 and 279, Allah says, Oh, you have believed, fear Allah and give up what remains due to you of interest, if you should be believers. And if you do not, then be informed of a war against you from Allah and his Messenger. If you repent, you may have your principle. Thus you do no wrong, nor are you wronged. There is also a hadith where the Prophet Muhammad talks about the seven deadly sins in Islam. And one of them he mentions is dealing with interest. So basically it is universally understood that interest is haram and dealing with any form of interest is haram. Whether it's dealing with money that has interest on it or paying off interest-based loans it's all considered to be haram. However there are differing opinions on this because people believe that especially living in the west there are a couple of scenarios where it is impossible or extremely hard to avoid taking out an interest-based loan. The most well-known discussion surrounding interest-based loans is the one surrounding student loans because living in the UK, it is practically impossible for you to go to university and pay upfront for your tuition fees because they are ridiculously expensive. If you can afford to go to university without taking a loan then alhamdulillah by all means you can do so without having to worry. However, most people cannot afford to do that. It is ridiculously expensive like I said. And so a student loan does seem like the only viable option. And as these student loans do have interest on them, People have discussed this and researched it and come up with fatwas to say that as going to university is considered to be a necessity, taking these student loans is okay in this circumstance. They say that university is a necessity because you need to get a job and you need to be able to provide for yourself, you need to be able to earn money, and so going to university is considered to be a necessity in this case. Another argument that is specific to the UK is that it's okay to take out these loans with interest because you don't actually end up paying them off fully. Basically in the UK, after a certain amount of time, if your loan hasn't been paid off, it gets written off and you don't have to pay it off fully. Um, and so people argue that you're not even touching the interest in this case, you're not even paying off any interest, so it's okay. So. This conversation takes me back to when I was in sixth form and I was having a discussion with someone regarding student loans and he was bringing up these arguments that I've just mentioned and he was talking about how university is a necessity in this society. If you want to succeed, you got to go uni and so therefore taking out a loan with interest is okay because you have to. When I told him what I thought about these opinions and what my opinion was he said to me and I quote, he said this word for word, who are you to question what these scholars say? They are far more knowledgeable than you or me. It's dangerous to question them and you should know your place. I'm just going to let that sink in for you for a second. It is dangerous to question these scholars, dangerous. What does that even mean? What am I in danger of? Because I'm not saying that scholars aren't knowledgeable. I fully agree with him when he said that they know more than us. Of course they do. They spend their whole lives and dedicate all their time to researching these things. But as Muslims, we're actively encouraged to think about these things and to not follow these things blindly. There's literally a hadith which addresses this and talks about how we shouldn't follow our scholars blindly. Hold on, let me pull up the hadith now. So it's a bit of a long one, uh, I'll try and summarise it as much as I can. There is a Quran ayah, Surah number 9, ayah number 31, in which Allah talks about how the Christians took their priests in substitute of Allah. In response to this, a Muslim who was originally a Christian, so he was a Christian revert, he approached the Prophet Muhammad and he said, this isn't true, at our time we never worshipped any priests, so why does it mention this in the Quran? So the Prophet asked him, in response to this, he said, did you take your scholar's words when they said something was halal? And the guy replied, yes. And the Prophet said, did you take the words of your priests when they said something is haram? And the guy replied, yes. And then the Prophet asked him, did you clarify as to whether these things are permitted or forbidden by Allah and his prophets? And the guy responded and said, no, we only followed what our scholars said. The Prophet then used this to explain that this is what the ayah meant. He said this is how you make them God, for when your scholars and ancestors say something contradictory to Allah and his Prophet, you obey them blindly, without at least clarifying as to whether Allah and his Prophet actually said it. When your scholars become lawmakers and lawgivers and you obey them blindly, it amounts to making them your deity. Now, this is clearly not a message just for Christians, this can apply to anyone and everyone. Allah is clearly giving us a warning to be careful and not follow anyone blindly because only Allah has the privilege to formulate laws and no one other than him has the authority to do so. And so whenever a scholar says something, it's your duty to find out whether Allah and his prophet have actually said so as well. Obviously, we should respect and honor our scholars. They are very knowledgeable people. And like I said before, they probably know more than we do. However, it is our duty as a Muslim to confirm that whatever you're following, is within the laws of Islam. That being said, these days, fatwas are released about every matter you can possibly think of. If you can think of it, there's probably a fatwa on it. And so it's our job, actually no, it's your job to really think about what's being pushed in your direction. So when a sheikh says that it's okay to consume foods that contain low quantities of alcohol because it's below a certain percentage, really think about it. I want you to honestly and truly think about it before you go with it. Or when they say something like, you can eat McDonald's chicken as it counts as meat from people of the book, as long as you say Bismillah before you eat it. Think about it for a moment. Just, 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 just think. I really don't think I need to explain to you that something isn't quite right about either of those things. Um, they both very clearly contradict things that are mentioned in the Quran. Uh, and they both play into the idea of necessity as well. And I'm going to be talking about that now. But to summarise all that, if there is something that is clearly contradicting Allah's direct word, you need to question it, because that is a very big red flag right there. Anyway, back to student loans. Like I said, the main argument for taking out student loans is that university is a necessity, and so just taking out a loan with interest is okay. This is where the thinking comes in, and I want you to really ask yourself, is university a necessity because islamically speaking when i say necessity i'm talking about literal life or death scenarios here because i'm sure we all know that one scenario that people bring up is that if you are starving and there's no halal food anywhere and your only option is to eat some haram meat you are allowed to do so i will add though you're only supposed to eat however much you need to eat you're not supposed to fill your full stomach with it because it is haram meat and you should only eat how much is you know Needed for you to have enough to stop you from dying, basically. That's what a necessity is. Like, as in when you clearly do not have any other options, that's when the whole necessity thing comes into play. So, I want you to really think about this for a second. Is going to university a necessity? So, I'm going to take all the high paying, glamorous jobs out of the equation here and I'm just going to talk about basic level jobs. You can get a job without a degree, it is possible. Many people do it all the time. It is very much possible. So if your worry is necessity and you're thinking, how am I going to earn money and, you know, earn a living and survive, then you can take university out of that equation very easily because you can get a job without a degree. And then bringing back all the glamorous jobs and all the high-paying jobs, they are very much achievable without a degree. You'd be surprised. Do you know how many options there are after you leave school. There are thousands of options. Going to university and getting a degree is not your only option. It might be your only option for that particular career path you want to go down, for example, medicine and dentistry, but for everything else, it's not your only option. And so with that, I can safely say that going to university is not a necessity. It's really not. now. I am not gonna lie to you it is definitely easy for me to say because I grew up knowing this and I grew up knowing all my options and I grew up having full understanding of why student loans are haram whereas most people do not have that most people are actually encouraged to take out student loans by their parents and it's difficult it is tricky like I said I grew up knowing about all of this and then on top of that I got to see firsthand from all my cousins that there are other options and there are other ways of having a successful career. So I have a couple of cousins who went for the NHS funded courses because they provide bursaries for you and obviously some people choose to keep those bursaries for themselves but um, some people will put those bursaries towards the tuition fees making it way more affordable for them and that way they didn't have to take out loans to pay. Or the degree. I also have a couple of cousins who decided to start off with low-paying jobs and they slowly worked their way up the career ladder and it worked out for them alhamdulillah and they're now you know working with high salaries despite not having a degree. Then I also have cousins who went down the apprenticeship route and um, so one I can think of off the top of my head my cousin is currently doing a law degree apprenticeship so she is currently doing an apprenticeship which is fully funding her law degree um and on top of that you know she gets paid and she gets experience obviously i know that law degree apprenticeships are very hard to get onto, but i'm not gonna get into that um the point is that the option is there so yeah i got to see all these options as i was growing up the thing is though uh, especially in high school i did not have a fixed career in my mind. I didn't have a particular passion, I didn't see myself doing a particular job, I generally had no clue what I wanted to do. But when it came to around the end of high school I distinctly remember my dad sitting me down and you know discussing all the different career paths I could go down because I was quite a creative kid. Um, my dad suggested that I could go into marketing and he was like, you know, there's loads of marketing apprenticeships out there, marketing degree apprenticeships where your degree gets fully funded and you get to work for a company for a couple of years and you get paid. Um, yeah, he laid out those options for me. And to me, marketing sounded good. It sounded like something I wanted to do and I could see myself doing. And so I decided to pursue that route from that moment on though, I realized that it wouldn't be easy. Because, I'm not going to lie to you, there isn't a lot of support for people who want to do apprenticeships because everyone assumes that you're going to go to uni and everyone assumes that you're going to get a degree. And so all the career talks that we had throughout high school and sixth form, they were all centred around university and everyone instantly assumed that that's what I was going to do. I was going to go to uni and do a marketing degree. Now, just a quick side note here, I just want to clarify. My parents didn't completely close off the idea of doing a degree to me. They said that if I wanted to go down a particular path that requires a degree, so for example, like I said earlier, medicine or dentistry, they would find a way to fund it. You know, they would get like family help or something. Um, If I wanted to go down those career paths, they weren't going to, you know, completely close off that option for me. So yeah, I had my options laid out, but I already knew I didn't want to be a doctor or a dentist or anything like that. Um, So yeah, I was firmly fixed on becoming a marketing apprentice. I was firmly fixed on the fact that doing this marketing apprenticeship would propel me into the career in the same way that a degree would. But like I said there was a lack of support um, from the moment I decided to do that. The only person who had any advice and the only person who really helped me through it was my dad because he had a lot of knowledge about apprenticeships and so he helped me look for them, he helped me apply for them. Um, Yeah he was the only one who knew what he was doing basically to make things even worse when I was in the middle of my you know interview processes and I was getting quite far in a couple of stages for a bunch of degree marketing apprenticeships that's when lockdown hit in 2020 and all of them got cancelled so all of them you know got back to me and said because of the COVID lockdown we can't go ahead with these schemes and so yeah we're calling it off and oh my god that was very difficult so I spent a full year looking for marketing apprenticeships. I spent the full year doing courses and building my CV and looking at all of my options. And then alhamdulillah, a year later, I managed to land a apprenticeship. It was not why I originally planned. It wasn't a degree apprenticeship because at the time, like I said, there were none available. So it was a level three apprenticeship, but alhamdulillah, I was happy with it. I still am happy with it and it's going really well. The thing is though, I'm not gonna lie to you, was difficult because seeing everyone around me taking the option of going to university and taking the student loans I was constantly thinking well why can't I do that then because you know everyone else is doing it and it looks so easy like you know at the end of the day the loan doesn't even get fully paid off it gets written off after a certain amount of time and you know it would be so easy for me to go to uni and have you know uni life and do all those things and I did feel like I was missing out and to this day sometimes I still do think that like I'll watch people you know have fun at uni and go to uni events and I'll be like damn like I'm missing out, I guess. But that's the difficulty of today's society, I guess. You know, choosing between what's easy and what's right. I'm not saying university is easy. I'm saying (laughs) the choice and the choice to take out a student loan. That's obviously the easier choice. And then what's right is to look at your other options. I know I said that I wasn't going to be throwing opinions at you. um, And honestly, I'm not. I'm not trying to make you believe what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make you or force you to do anything. I'm trying to make you look at the bigger picture and really think about these decisions and really think about your choices. So that's student loans. Um, to be honest, to people my age has already been done and dusted. Most people have already, you know, signed on to it and most people have already done their degrees or they're already in the middle of them. But a conversation that's coming up quite a bit now is the mortgage conversation. You know, it's a question that's going around quite a lot now. People are asking each other, oh, so are you gonna get a mortgage? Are you gonna get a mortgage for a house or for a car? Like, what are you gonna be doing? Everyone's talking about it nowadays. And the same arguments that are applied to student loans can be applied to these mortgages. People will say, oh, it's a necessity, you need a house, you need a car. Um, And so it's okay to take out a mortgage with interest because you need a house. You, you need a house. I think the argument of necessity here is very interesting because I want you to stop for a second. I want you to think about what kind of house you're planning on buying. I mean, you know, you probably want a house that's big enough to raise a family in, one that's in a nice area um, with lots of amenities nearby, Um, one that has a nice Muslim community, probably, you know, you want to look at like the affluent areas and you want a nice house. Um, everyone wants that, right? But if we're talking about necessity here, and if you're worried about, you know, I'm gonna end up being homeless if I don't take out a mortgage to buy a house, then why are we looking at the big houses? Why are we not looking at the small houses, which are cheaper, and you'd probably need less of a loan for, so you know, a council house, or you know, um, a smaller house in a less affluent area. Now, this ties into what I was talking about last week, and about Rizek, as we all know by now. Rizq is from Allah and your rizq is fixed. Everything that is ever going to come into your possession has already been decided by Allah. And so the path that you take to that thing that Allah has already decided for you is up to you. So the choice here is you get a mortgage and you buy this house that you want. Or you wait 5, 10, 15 years. You earn money slowly but surely and you pay for the house up front. And I know what you're thinking, and I agree, house prices nowadays are ridiculously high. They are ridiculously high, and it is practically impossible for any person who is on a normal average salary to purchase a house in this day and age. But then that just ties into another Islamic concept, which is living within your means. Living with what you have, with what Allah has given you. Why are you reaching for things that aren't meant for you? At the end of the day, The house isn't a necessity because we can rent apartments and flats. You look at uh, apartments and flats which have like, you know, one bedroom, really small studio apartments, they're cheap and they're affordable. Yes, it's not the glamorous lifestyle that we envisioned, but at the end of the day, that's living within your means and that is your risk if you are meant to get a house later on in your life, then it will come to you and it will come to you in a halal manner. Again, it's just about choosing the right option, choosing between what's easy and what's right. And it is difficult these days, everything is so ridiculously expensive and it looks like it's practically impossible to do anything without taking out a loan. And I mentioned this to my dad and he said, well, why would you move out of your parents' house in the first place then? He was like, why would you jump into a lion's cage on purpose and then scream, help. I'm stuck with a lion. You've put yourself in that situation on purpose. And fair enough, you don't wanna live with your parents your whole life, okay? Don't worry, you won't. Because other options will come and you will earn enough money to move out, to buy a smaller house, to rent out an apartment. These things will come to you. What I'm trying to say is, don't act like getting a mortgage for a house, for a car, is your only option because it's not, you're not being forced to do it. As I said earlier, I'm not throwing my opinion at you. This is me trying to get you to think about your opinions and to think about, you know, your perspective on these things. You know, I want you to honestly and really, truly, deeply think about these things that you're deciding to do and really think about it. Is it needed? And if there is another opinion out there that I haven't mentioned, if there is something else that you follow regarding... um justifying interest-based loans, then I want you to take a step back and honestly think about it and if it's the right thing to do. To think about if it's truly justified and if the ends are justifying the means here. At the end of the day, Allah knows best, Um, it's not up to any of us to decide that, to decide what's halal and haram, it's Allah who's decided that for us, it's up to us to make the choices to look at our options and to make these decisions and it is hard no one said it was going to be easy but like i seem to be finishing off every episode saying this actually (laughs) but um like i said this life wasn't meant to be easy it's not meant to be easy at all i just want to clarify something here because people seem to think that if you don't take out a student loan to go to uni and if you don't get a mortgage for a house then you're going to be living a lower quality of life and obviously like i said that's not our purpose anyway like we're not need to worry about what our quality of life is going to be like but obviously it's going we are human beings it's going to be something that we're worried about and to that i say It's not true at all. (laughs) You are not going to have a poor quality of life because you didn't go uni. You are not going to have a poor quality of life because you didn't get a mortgage to get a house. These things, you know, all these like things that you want will come to you. Just not right now. You just got to take a bit of a harder path to get to them. That's all. I remember seeing like a couple of YouTube comments on some videos about Taking out student loans, where people were like, Wow, this Muslim generation is just going to be Uber drivers and you know, food delivery people because we can't do degrees. And I was like, That's not true at all. Um, it's not true. (laughs) This is simply not true. Okay, I think I'm ranting here and I'm gonna stop. Um, this has been quite a long episode, it wasn't intended to be so, but I think it is quite a complex topic and it's a highly debated topic and I wanted to look at all angles and I hope I did do so. Like I said, this is not me forcing you to follow my opinion or forcing you to follow a particular opinion, this is me asking you to, just simply to think. This episode has been the hardest one I've done yet. Um, It's very difficult to articulate these kind of topics without coming off as overbearing or without shoving my opinions in your face basically. I really hope that you've learned something today. Um, I've learned a lot while researching for this um, episode. I learned so much about different opinions and different people's perspectives and it's really opened my mind to a lot of things. If you do have anything you'd like to say about it, I would really appreciate hearing from you. You can find me on Twitter at Minty's Room or you can email me at room at gmail.com Um, I would love to hear what you have to say whether you agree or disagree or you have a completely different opinion I want to hear about it. My brain is absolutely fried right now it took so much brain power to articulate all of this. Um, I think this is the longest episode I've done so far as well Um, so I've been sat here a really long time Um, so I'm going to wrap it up here inshallah you know Ramadan is coming to an end there are only a couple of days left now I really hope we all take advantage of the last few days and that we all have an amazing Eid and I'll see you next week inshallah as always, I'd love it if you could follow me on whatever platform you're currently listening to me on, just so that you can be updated whenever I post. I think I do have a fixed posting day now. It looks like it's going to be Thursdays. So inshallah, I'll be posting every Thursday from now on. Jazakallah khair for our listening. If you've stayed throughout this whole thing, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, and inshallah, I'll see you in the next one. Assalamualaikum and goodbye.